Good evening. To open our meeting tonight, Shardell, will you please announce the first hymn? Three, hymn three. A grateful heart a garden is, where there is always room for every lovely, godlike grace to come to perfect blue. Hymn three. If you would like to follow along with the readings, please go to our website, and on the home page, you will see the link to the live broadcast. Click on that, and you will see where to click for the Wednesday evening text. The theme for tonight is an inspired life, not a tired life. The readings will now be given by Craig from New Jersey. The Bible, Psalms, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction who crowneth thee with loving kindness 
and tender mercies. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles? Acts And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, and desired him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the bricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand, and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hast sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes, as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. Philippians 
Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. And correlative passages from Miscellaneous Writings in Science and Health by Mary Baker Eddy. The article, Christian Theism. Scholastic theology elaborates the proposition that evil is a factor of good, and that to believe in the reality of evil is essential to a rounded sense of the existence of good. This frail hypothesis is founded upon the basis of material and mortal evidence, only upon what the shifting mortal senses confirm and frail human reason accepts. The science of soul reverses this proposition, overturns the testimony of the five erring senses, and reveals in a clearer divinity the existence of good only, that is, of God and his idea. This postulate of divine science only needs to be conceded to afford opportunity for proof of its correctness and the clear discernment of good. Seek the Anglo-Saxon term for God, and you will find it to be good. Then define good as God, and you will find that good is omnipotence, has all power, it fills all space being omnipresent. Hence, there is neither place nor power left for evil. Divest your thought, then, of the mortal and material view which contradicts the ever-presence and all power of good, taking only the immortal facts which include these. And where... Will you see or feel evil, or find its existence necessary, either to the origin or the ultimate of good? It is urged that, for from his original state of perfection, man has fallen into the imperfection that requires evil through which to develop good. Were we to admit this vague proposition, the science of man could never be learned. For in order to learn science, we begin with the correct statement, with harmony and its principle. And if man has lost his principle and its harmony, from evidences before him, he is incapable of knowing the facts of existence and its concomitants. Therefore, to him, evil is as real and eternal as good God. This awful deception is evil's umpire and empire, that good God understood forcibly destroys. What appears to mortals from their standpoint to be the necessity for evil is proved by the law of opposites to be without necessity. Good is the primitive principle of man, and evil, good's opposite, has no principle, and is not, and cannot be, the derivative of good. 
Thus evil is neither a primitive nor a derivative, but is suppositional. In other words, a lie that is incapable of proof, therefore wholly problematical. The science of truth annihilates error, deprives evil of all power, and thereby destroys all error, sin, sickness, disease, and death. But the sinner is not sheltered from suffering from sin. He makes a great reality of evil, identifies himself with it, and fancies he finds pleasure in it, and will reap what he sows. Hence the sinner must endure the effects of his delusion until he awakes from it. From Science and Health of Key to Scriptures Whoever opens the way in Christian science is a pilgrim and stranger, marking out the path for generations yet unborn. The perfect mind sends forth perfection, for God is mind. Imperfect mortal mind sends forth its own resemblances, of which the wise man said, All is vanity. This text in the book of Ecclesiastes conveys the Christian science thought, especially when the word duty, which is not in the original, is omitted. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole manner, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. End quote. In other words, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, Love God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole of man in his image and likeness. Divine love is infinite. Therefore, all that really exists is in and of God and manifests his love. If you launch your bark upon the ever agitated but healthful waters of truth, you will encounter storms. Your good will be evil spoken of. This is the cross. Take it up and bear it, for through it you win and wear the crown. Pilgrim on earth, thy home is heaven. Stranger, thou art the guest of God. Even in this world, therefore, let thy garments be always white. We will now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, Father, which which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in 
will you please announce the next hymn? Hymn number 115. Holy Father, thou hast taught us we should live to thee alone. Year by year thy hand hath brought us on through dangers oft unknown. When we wandered, thou hast found us. When we doubted, sent us light. Still thine arm has been around us. All our paths were in thy sight. Hymn number 115.
Good evening, and welcome to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. This is our weekly testimony meeting for Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. Our church has a website, plainfieldcs.com, that has a collection of the very finest Christian science literature to read, study, and listen to that will inspire and lift you. As has been recently said, if you can't find something there that will meet your need, you're not looking. There are writings by Mary Baker Eddy and by students who lived in her home and were taught directly by her. And all the resources we have on the website are free of charge. Our goal is to share this teaching with everyone who will live it and use it to bless all mankind. And we also have a number of websites in a variety of languages so that people all around the world can hear and read the healing truths of pure Christian science in their own language. Our next Saturday morning Bible study will be the Saturday after next, that's November 19th at 10 a.m. The topic and the Bible study questions are posted on the church website under the This Week's Lesson tab, along with some study aids. So plan to join us for a really interesting and lively Bible study at 10 a.m. on November 19th. Just call the teleconference number to join in. Thanksgiving is just two weeks away, and we would like to invite everyone to attend our annual Thanksgiving morning church service at 11 a.m. There will be readings from the Bible and Science and Health, and an opportunity for everyone to express their gratitude to God for his many blessings. So we hope to see you on Thanksgiving morning at 11 o'clock. And another reminder that the 2023 calendar pads are finished and ready to mail. They're great to keep on your desk or your dining room table, and they make thoughtful gifts. There's a statement for each day. Some are inspiring, some make you think, and some make you laugh. You can order through the website under the store tab or send a check to the clerk. Every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., we have our weekly roundtable discussion. This is where we discuss different aspects of the weekly lesson and other current topics and learn how to better understand and to live Christian science. So be sure to join us every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Then right after the roundtable, our Sunday morning church service begins at 11. So be sure to join in uh, for both of these, the round table at 10 and the church service at 11. Our Sunday school also meets every Sunday morning at 11. The Sunday school isn't limited to those who live in and around Plainfield. Many of the students call in on a dedicated teleconference number from out of state. So if you have children who would like to attend the Sunday school, Call the church to get the phone number, and they can attend by phone too. 
our teachers will be very happy to welcome them. We also have a well-equipped nursery for infants and toddlers at all our services. So if you're able to get here in person, be sure to bring the little ones along too. I will now read from the Church Manual by Mary Baker Eddy, the section entitled Testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, St. Paul. Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or suffering, although the generic name of the disease may be indicated. For everyone who gives a testimony tonight, we would ask that you please keep your remarks to within four minutes. This will give everyone the opportunity to share their offering tonight. For those who are on the telephone, when you are ready to give a testimony, please press the star button on your phone twice. Also, keep in mind when you do, we're going to be able to hear you as well as any other sounds that your phone picks up. So we kindly request that you be in a quiet place, and I will call on each of you, one at a time, by name. Our meeting tonight is now open for the sharing of testimonies of healing through Christian science. Jeremy. I am very grateful for all I've learned through being a member of this church and working regularly with a practitioner. I knew nothing of Christian science before coming here, but I also knew very little of the Bible. Whatever I had learned of the Bible in my younger years was pre always presented through the lens of old theology, which basically means a very human and uninspired manner. Instead of being the chart of life for me, as I've heard it called, it became something that confused me and seemingly had no value in my life. Now, however, with all this church is teaching me about Christian science and making me see and understand the inspired word of it, the Bible has actually started being something I rely on daily for guidance and comfort. I'm so grateful for the Bible now, and I'm just really grateful to be a member of this church. Thank you. And... Now I have a testimony from Imogen in Australia. Good evening. I was reminded recently of just where I was when Christian science found me. I was a wretch. I had no one in my life. I had left family and friends behind. I had no one who loved me. But God loved me. And through a truly miraculous turn of events, I found myself with a copy of Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures just being placed in my hands. How I loved that book. Decades later, how I love that book. I still have that dog-eared old copy from all those years ago. 
page after page of divine revelation from God, talking to me within my very soul, telling me everything I needed to know and everything I needed to do. One passage was very helpful during those years. Quote, Human affection is not poured forth vainly, even though it meet no return. Love enriches the nature, enlarging, purifying and elevating it. The wintry blasts of earth may uproot the flowers of affection and scatter them to the winds, but this severance of fleshly ties serves to unite thought more closely to God, for love supports the struggling heart until it ceases to sigh over the world and begins to unfold its wings for heaven. End quote. That's by Mary Baker Eddy. Those words saved my soul. So I thank God, our ever-loving Father-Mother. He knows just what we need. He's right here with us. He leads us into the next stage of our lives if we're going through something that seems to be difficult. I thank the holy man of God who put that copy of Science and Health in my hands. He was such a great example of Christ-like character that I thankfully was ready to receive and to read the truth written by Mary Baker Eddy in Science and Health. Again I thank my Father Mother God looking after all my steps to bring me to dearest, precious, Plainfield Independent. I am learning so much at this church. Our early workers, truly, they are our saints, and we are so very blessed to have the accounts of those holy men and women to study and to know. I thank our selfless and holy practitioners and teachers I thank the dearest Plainfield Independent Congregation. Each one of you, I see your smiling faces in my thought. Thank you, Christ Jesus. Thank you, God Almighty. Thank you, Mary Baker Eddy, for everything that you have given to us. Your hard-earned wisdom of God, I study with reverence. So much love to you all, dearest Plainfield Independent, from our household here in Australia. Thank you. And now I have a testimony from Patricia in Canada. I'm reading from my diary, 1993. My little son and I were on the way to a department store to pick up his first bicycle with training wheels. On the way, I took him to High Park to play. My son spotted a big motorbike with a policeman beside it. His favorite toy was a police car, and so he was fascinated to see a policeman with a bike that was so large. Being talkative, 
my son struck up a conversation with a policeman who hoisted him up on his bike, warning him where he should put his little leg so not to get burned because the motor was still hot. Then, when the policeman demonstrated the flashing light that was on a high pole at the back of the bike, my son spontaneously turned to look at the light in wonder. In doing so, with only shorts on, one leg touched the hot motor. My son began to cry and cry, and he showed me the nasty burn. He was still crying so very hard when we later got on the bus that I told him that the pain would go away after a while and I'd put a bandage on it when we got home. After a while, I asked myself, what are you talking about? God is perfect, all presence, now. But I began to feel fearful of his father since I wasn't sure that I had what he might consider to be just the right medicine in the house. But I have truth, the sovereign panacea with me always. And the truth is that God love is the cause and there therefore are no accidents. Matthew and I are innocent of any claim of error. My son fell asleep in my arms and awoke when we arrived at the store. While I was paying for his new bike, he called with surprise and delight loudly enough so the whole store could hear, Mommy, Mommy, it doesn't hurt anymore. My huge thanks to our Plainfield Independent Church for its practitioners, Bible lessons, roundtables, and music. The inspiring website with deeply spiritual articles from early workers in Christian science prod me to be an early worker too, in the sense of dealing with animal magnetism early. Thank you. And now we have one testimony from Izzy in England. Good evening. I would like to share a testimony of something that happened recently in our bathroom business. A previous client of ours called to say that she had a leak in her property. So I arranged for my other half to go over ASAP. So he spent about three hours that first day and he got nowhere. The next day he went back with a colleague and they spent several hours searching. So in the early afternoon, he rang me and he just sounded a bit defeated and said that they just couldn't find it. And I thought about the testimonies that I'd read and heard where people had called on the infinite mind, supreme intelligence to show them what they needed to know and to open their eyes to something that was already there. And so I told him that he needed to change his thinking because God did know where the leak was and so that he would also know. And I don't remember exactly what I said, but I think I got a bit forceful. And I think it was a bit like the scene in The Chosen where Eden says to Simon, where is your faith? <laughs> um, anyway, I then went on with my day, and uh, a few hours later, I got a call from the client. And when I answered, she said, oh, I'm so grateful, Izzy, that they found the leak. And I had to admit that it was the first I had heard about it because he hadn't called me again. And then she said that I was to thank for it because he had told her that I had told him to pray. And of course, when she said that, I said, well, it wasn't me who actually needed to be thanked. 
Um, so that night when he got in, I asked him what had happened. He can be notoriously difficult at getting detailed information out of. But he said that basically after speaking to me, he went back into the house and he just knew where to go and look for the leak. It was a tiny pinhole in old copper piping. And rather than dripping down, it was spraying the wood, the piece of wood above it. And the water was then traveling along this piece of wood. So the pipe was barely wet at all. It was no wonder they'd struggled to find it. Well, I was just so grateful that this happened. And then he went on to say that um, when he told her he found the leak and he told her what I had said and then what had happened. And she said to him, oh, well, maybe you could help with um, an issue with a tenant that she was having at a property um, in a different country. I think it's France. And she must be having some trouble um, getting this tenant to leave. Um, and so she'd said, oh, well, maybe Izzy could, um, pray for that situation or something. So I did. And I just immediately knew that this person, this man was, um, God's child and that he was in the absolute right place for him where he needed to be. And he could not cause, um, you know, a, a, a problem for someone or he could not, he just wasn't capable of doing the wrong thing for someone. And so he could only be in the right place. At, that was for him. Um, anyway, <laughs> she's just texted me because I sent her our invoice. <laughs> um, and she's just texted me to say that he's gone. Um, so I don't know, I don't know what has happened and I don't know her well enough to start calling her, but, um, amazing. <laughs> So I was so grateful that um, we found the leak that day. And also, it's just really nice to have an opportunity to um, speak about God. I've no idea where this lady is spiritually, but there's a door open now for a future conversation. So I'm so grateful for Christian Science. It's the answer to everything. And I'm so grateful to Mrs. Eddie for bringing it to us. And thanks to everyone at Plainfield for the wonderful work you do in spreading this golden truth to the world. Thank you. Thank you. Mara, Mississippi. Mara from Mississippi. Go ahead, please. Hello. Uh, thank you so much for the readings tonight. I especially love the theme, an inspired life, not a tired life. I find great joy and inspiration with nature and animals. I especially love the segment of this past week's roundtable discussion on animals and how important it is to see them as spiritual ideas created by God and not material beings. I find it easy to look at animals as spiritual ideas. As a result, I've had several quick healings regarding my animals including a huge growth on my little dog that completely disappeared after a week of prayer, uh, my cat that had a big swollen eye, and that went away overnight, um, and also a lifeless bird that I helped after it had injured itself by flying into a closed window. These healings occurred uh, through prayer and seeing them as, as God made them. I love observing nature and seeing spiritual qualities expressed through animals, qualities like beauty and perfection, uh, loyalty, abundance, and love. 
Um, I had a Peking duck that we raised from a duckling, and he has befriended another male duck on the lake, uh, which is an eccentric and unusual-looking duck called the Mascovi. Uh, these two ducks have so much patience, love, and loyalty for each other. They're always together despite their differences in appearances. They are the best of friends. And uh, the Peking duck, Pecky, uh, welcomes other visitors to the lake, like the Canadian geese. Um, he's friends with the turtles and especially this one egret, uh, which is a, a beautiful white bird with long legs. Um, he happily shares his food with the crows and even tries to become friends with our cats. I've come to see these interactions in nature as perfect examples of how we as humans should interact with each other as spiritual beings. I'm so happy to be here tonight. I'm grateful for all that I'm learning. I'm grateful to Jesus and Mary Baker Eddy, uh, everybody at the Plainfield Christian Science Church, and my practitioner. Thank you. Thank you. Nancy from New Jersey. Go ahead, please. Good evening. Thank you for the readings tonight, for the music, and the beautiful testimony so far. Uh, while Praying this morning, I recalled a demonstration of God's protection for my family and for other people on the road. Uh, it happened many years ago while we were traveling uh, during a very strong thunder and lightning storm. We were driving home from the south on what started out as a beautiful, sunny summer morning. And very quickly, the weather changed and the sky became quite dark. And within a few minutes, Heavy, heavy rain started pouring down along with sharp thunder and lightning. <laughs> we were on a very busy interstate at the time, and the visibility became extremely poor. I started to become concerned because my little girls were starting to show some fear. And the following verse uh, from Mrs. Eddy's hymn number 31, Love, came to me. Let there be light, and there was light. What chased the clouds away? T'was love whose finger traced aloud, a bow of promise on the cloud. I remember repeating this verse several times silently, and I held to those words knowing that the light of divine love was right there, with us and with everyone else on the road. I kept picturing love's finger tracing a bow of promise, God's promise of safety and protection, chasing the clouds away and bringing light. Within a very short time, the thunder and lightning stopped and the rain slowed down and then completely stopped. I was so very grateful for this quick answer to my prayer and for the complete protection of my family and all the other drivers. I was so grateful to God for sending just the right angel thought that I needed, which instantly brought peace and calm in what could have been a very dangerous situation. I'm so grateful to our beloved leader, Mary Baker Eddy, for her gift of Christian science and for her beautiful healing hymns, which I turn to and pray with often. I'm very grateful for practitioner support 
for this church and for this service this evening. Thank you. Thank you. Florence from Georgia. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Thank you, Craig, for the beautiful readings tonight. And thank you for the whole service. I have two testimonies. Uh, the first one is from Kenya. She says, my husband and I often read the Bible lesson together early in the mornings, and God guides our daily activities. In science and health, we key to the scriptures by our beloved leader, Mary Baker Eddy. We read on page 330, 530, in divine science, Man is sustained by God, the divine principle of being. Recently, we were walking down an uneven ramp, and my husband lost his balance and fell heavily onto his left arm onto a concrete staircase. But God protected his arm from damage. He fell onto a leather briefcase, which he was carrying in his left hand, and he was fine. In, it is interesting that he normally carries his briefcase in his right hand. We are so grateful to God, Jesus Christ, Mary Baker Eddy, and to this lovely Plainfield Church. And this other one is from Canada. She says, in the round table yesterday, it was mentioned that we do have the tools in Christian science to work with, and this is indeed so, to which we are truly grateful as we work out our individual salvation through our daily studies of the Bible and our textbook, Science and Health, by Mary Baker Eddy, as well as the other helpful resources which are found on the website. I have had many healings and change of habits that were not in accord with the teachings of Christian science. One such healing was being able to stop drinking alcoholic beverages. I used to think it's all right to have a glass or two of wine occasionally with my meals or at social events with close friends or family gatherings. One day, while reading Science and Health, I saw on page 454, it need not be added that the use of tobacco or intoxicating drinks is not in harmony with Christian science. How many times I had read that previously, I do not recall. What I do know is on that particular day, I was not able to get past those words. And very shortly after that, I gave up the habit of intoxicating drink without any further desire for it whatsoever. It's a blessing and joy to be a student of Christian science and to be a family member of Plainfield Church. It's so wonderful to hear these, how people are using the truth Mary Baker Eddy has given to the whole world to demonstrate for themselves and to glorify God. Thanks be to God. Thank you. Good evening. I am becoming increasingly aware of the importance of reading and studying the Bible.
the spiritual significance has been coming to light thanks to our Bible studies and other activities such as a movie about the history of the Bible that some of us have been watching. It is probably important to note that after learning about the many different Bibles that have been written, here at Plainfield we study with the King James Version of the Bible. There are 704 versions in different languages translated from Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, with translations from the New Testament in 1,551 languages. Many people suffered great hardship and even death to write or share Bibles for the everyday man in order that we might be blessed by the Word of God and live in truth and love. Mrs. Eddy lived in a household where the Bible was read each day and was healed of a life-threatening injury by reading the Bible. She writes in Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, quote, The Bible has been my only authority. I have no other guide in the straight and narrow way of truth. Also, the central fact of the Bible is the superiority of spiritual over physical power, end quote. I am so grateful to have found Christian science and the Plainfield Church, where the Bible is the foundation of all our work, along with science and health, and comprise our powerful lesson sermons that are available to all. Each day, I love the Bible more and more. Thank you. Thank you. Linda. Thank you very much for the reading tonight. I just want to express my gratitude for an article that's on our main page carousel titled Overcoming Fatigue by Neil Adam. It was up also last week. And there's one quote in there that I've been working with, which is, quote, In reality, man is the perfect manifestation of the joyful and unwearied activity of divine mind. God himself is responsible for all his work and activity, end quote. The whole article is very beautiful, and I was so grateful for these inspired um, articles and books and audios that get changed and put up, and the very best voice materials that we have at this church. I'm very grateful to be here tonight and to be a member. Thank you. Thank you. Bruce. I'm so happy that Craig picked hymn number three for us to sing today. A grateful heart a garden is, where there's always room for every lovely godlike grace to come to perfect bloom. And, uh, you know, at this time of year as we're approaching Thanksgiving Day and remembering our blessings and remembering to be grateful and thankful, I couldn't help but remember that before finding the Plainfield Christian Science Church, the whole idea of gratitude and thanks 
you know, it was, it really took a back seat. I mean, it was, it, it just wasn't there. And as a result, my life was not happy. And uh, I was so, so interesting to see the correspondence between being grateful and living a happy life. And it's so true. Well, recently I was faced with doing a job that looked like it was a big job, and I'm not quite sure that I even wanted to get started on it. And it was kind of weighing on me until I realized that I needed to make something uh, happen here. So I sat down and prayed and asked God what I needed to know. And the answer came back. Don't you know that I'm here? Don't you have much to be grateful for? So I started thinking to myself, I am so grateful that God is omnipresent. And not only that, omnipotent. So I started thanking him for being so mighty. He's a powerful, mighty God. And thanking him for it. Well, with that, I got my joy back. And wouldn't you know it, if you're joyful, things move in the right direction. I was able to get started, and it didn't feel oppressive. In fact, the more I did, the happier I was. And uh, the job turned out, I was able to complete it. And But more important than that, it removed that oppressive sense of an unfinished job and the dread of it hanging over me. That got removed and was healed. And I'm so very grateful for everything that I've learned, including the great lesson of being grateful. Thank you. Mishihilo from Canada. Go ahead, please. Good evening. I want uh, I want to express my gratitude tonight to the many seeds that are planted by all of you who work and participate at the numerous activities at this church. Several several weeks ago, my practitioner gave me this statement in miscellaneous writing on page 454 to work with. Quote, a little more grace, a motive made pure, a few truths tenderly told, a heart softened, a char character subdued, a life consecrated, would restore the right action of the mental mechanism and make manifest the movement of body and soul in accord with God. Once in a while I opened the book Miscellany Writings and read the statement. Then on October 26, the same statement was part of the readings at the testimony meeting on Walk Humbly with God. It touched me that this came to me again. I sat down and contemplated it more deeply. I thought about the part a motive made pure. 
I thought about it in regard to a situation in my life. I had wonderful thoughts on how to make my motive for helping a family member more pure. I wrote those thoughts into my notebook. Two days later, at the Sunday Roundtable, Philip's forum post about the same quote was mentioned. Philip had become aware of it also through the same testimony meeting. Philip cited a Christian science lecture by Myrtle Smith in his post with many wonderful insights to Mary Baker Eddy's statement. It was most needed that Philip put that there and that it was reiterated at the round table because it was a reminder for me of my contemplation two days earlier, which was still in my notebook, but not so much in my thinking, in my surplus thinking when I'm not sitting there and being alone with God. How much I love all the activities here in Plainfield as they help me to water the seeds broadcasted here. It is marvelous how the thoughts of many help me in my way to more understanding and practice of Christian science. Sometimes the seeds have to be broadcasted over and over again until they finally reach not reach the my daily activities and this is what happened through those many mentions of that one statement. I thank you all very much and I thank Greg for the wonderful readings tonight and the wonderful hymn. Have a good evening. Thank you. Benjamin <laughs> Yeah, I um, feel so happy and lucky to be here tonight. Um, you know, one of Mrs. Edith's hymns, she she wrote that the arrow that I think I'll press it so I don't get put it wrong. But she wrote that the arrow that God wounded does. Does not from those who watch and love. And I have, every time I read that passage of the hymns, I always knew that it's true. When you are watching, praying, um, you harms to another idea of God. It's impossible. Um, only those who are not watching, like she said, can harm another idea of God. It's just impossible. Um, yesterday I had uh, a couple of experience, very exciting experience. And I had to drop somebody off. Um, 
in southern New Jersey, as some of you in New Jersey here knew, there are a lot of animals around, mostly deers. They've been all over, sometimes in unusual locations where you don't usually see them. And I've been seeing them a lot, and um, I can't help but continuously praying for them. Everywhere I see any one of them, always keep them in my thoughts, telling God to keep themselves from harm, and um, show God care for them. The person I want, I want to drop off live in a very wooded area. Um, there are more farms here than humans. <laughs> and he told me that I'm going to be encountering a lot of deers on my way out. And also on our way into that area. It also mentioned that deers around that area always misbehave, especially the male ones. Because he told me in the next couple of weeks, because they are looking for females because of that, they'll be running to vehicles. And um, as he was saying that, I can't help it but counter argue him immediately. Uh, because I know that what he's saying is not true about any of the deers at all. Humans and deers can live in harmony. And that's how God has made it from the beginning. And it hasn't changed. We just have to change our thinking. I believe human thinking is what's changed. God's will for his creation are always the same. And I told him that, that the humans and animals can live in harmony no matter where, and no one of us can harm one another. He kind of laughed it out because he didn't know what I was talking about. But I, I knew firmly what I was talking about. So when I dropped him off to his home, and uh, I used the location he showed me to get on the highway, and um, I, like he said, he told me that I will, I will be encountering deers, which is true, which was true. I did encounter a lot of deers on my way out of that place. But not, not a single one of them were misbehaving. They were in their proper location, just looking at me, grazing the field, and I was driving. Not a single one of them tried to, or made any attempt to cross or jump into my vehicle. But not too long ago after that, I was in New Brunswick area the same night. Some of you know New Brunswick. It's a college. Um, area in New Jersey, very busy area. And at one particular parking lot, as I was driving by, coming home, I saw a look, I saw right in front of me a vehicle that was in front of me was slowing down. I was wondering why they were slowing down. But I found out why, because right on our right, there was a parking lot. And that parking lot was a student, somebody I believe, I believe to be a student. Guess who or what he was playing with? It was a deer. A normal sized deer. I thought, at first I thought it was a dog. But it was a deer. It seems like he had something in his hand that the deer wanted to take from him. And two of them were jumping and playing. It was like something you always see on a YouTube or somebody kind of like, process from somewhere, but for the first time in my life, I've seen something like that. I stopped my vehicle, I swear, I can't stop. I just slowed down, I didn't stop, but I swear I'm watching it. 
it was beautiful to see that somebody was playing with a beer for the first time in my life. I can actually see that. And that took my thought back, the incident that just happened earlier on when I was, when I was counter arguing with somebody, telling somebody that humans and animals can live in harmony. And God just proved it to me. And it, it was amazing to see. And um, I'm just so happy what I'm learning here in Christian science. Christian science is real. It's um, demonstrable. We can use it in any situation, and God can stop proving to us that He is God of harmony. Thank you. Thank you. Lenny from Georgia. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Um, I'm so grateful that uh, some time ago, um, practitioners in this church really encouraged us to keep journals of healings, inspirations, things that we're learning. Um, because, boy, I, it, it's crazy how you forget these things. And I happen to be thumbing through a journal I've been keeping for quite a few years now. And I was looking back at some things, and I was like, holy smokes, I forgot how, uh, you know, how maybe desperately unhappy I was or, you know, what a particular situation was. And, and you know, look where I am now. Um, one particular instance had to do with my work. Um, probably two or three years ago, I was desperately unhappy at work. Um, I'd been in my job for quite a few years. Um, but things had gotten to a point where I just, I kind of felt stagnant. Um, I was really struggling with a couple of coworkers that were on my team that I'd given some feedback to and reviews and tried to, you know, tried to mentor them, but they were just, they were just really bringing the environment down. And we're a small company, so you know, just a couple of bad apples can really make um, make things uncomfortable at work. And you know, because I wasn't seeing a lot of improvement, I was really struggling, and I was scared to get them, you know, scared to potentially fire them or suggest that to my boss because because we're a small firm. You know, when someone leaves, a lot of knowledge tends to go out with them. So it was. Uh, it was all kind of conspiring just to really make me miserable at work. And I was thinking, well, maybe I just need to look for a new job. But nothing opened up. And so that was a, a bigger source of frustration. And finally, I had to really just start working with the things that I've been taught at this church. And one of those things is, you know, we're taught to stand with principle. Um and I realized I hadn't really been standing with principle, especially with these employees. I've been letting fear keep me from maybe making suggestions or taking a course of action that was the right thing to do because I was afraid of what the fallout might be or what the ramifications might be. Um, but I knew, you know, it's like this unprincipled behavior and this, these attitudes, they weren't right. They couldn't stand. They weren't, you know, they weren't of God. And they, I, I wasn't supposed to tolerate them, regardless of the outcome. Um, long story short, I ended up talking to my boss about the individuals. We came up with plans. And as it turns out, both of them left the company. Both of them, the way they left was extremely harmonious. I mean, it's, my boss even said a couple of different times, he's like, wow, <laughs> we didn't have to put them on a performance plan. We, you know, like they just, things opened up for them and they left 
And we were also able to move another person into a role that basically filled the need of both of the two that had left. And so everything reshuffled. And it it just changed the atmosphere at work so much that um, uh, it, it was just a lot more harmonious. Um, but, the you know, what's the most interesting to me, and it was, I was thinking recently about how Mrs. Eddy said sometimes, you know, our prayers aren't answered because we answer a myth. And we don't know what God has in store for us in the future. Um, but like I said, this happened, what, like three years ago. It was pre-COVID. And I looked back recently, and I, I was, when I was reading how poorly I felt about work back then, I realized right now, it's like, man, I haven't felt that way in so long. And what's more, the fact that I didn't leave my job was a huge source of protection for me after the pandemic hit. Because our business wasn't affected, we didn't have to take salary cuts. We'd already gone remote prior to COVID, so we didn't have to scramble when the when you know everything got locked down. And we were also a small enough company that there was no worry about ever being forced to take a vaccine or anything like that. And so I remember sitting there reading these notes in my journal, thinking, "Holy smokes, look at that protection!" You know, not only am I very happy with my team and the people I work with now, but look at the protection that God provided um, throughout this time. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for the lessons. You know, sometimes things don't work out immediately, but gosh, you, you learn so much on the journey. And especially when you're trusting God and you're standing on principle and you're doing the things that we're, we're taught to do and taught how to live this science. So I just wanted to say how grateful I am for Christian science, for this church, um, for all the help throughout the years and the encouragement and the advice of the practitioners. And thank you again for the readings for tonight. Um, and have a good night, all. Thank you. Mary. Good evening, everyone. I have just a few things to read tonight, and I'll save the rest for next week. Uh, from England, much later than usual, I've just listened to the roundtable from Sunday, October 30th. Wowzers. <laughs> I'm always grateful for every roundtable and indeed every YouTube offering from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. But this roundtable was really especially meaningful. The story of Mrs. Eddy's ascension was amazing. I just love the story of the lady who saw divine love everywhere. But most powerful of all was Mrs. Eddy's startling prediction. I'm beginning at around 16 minutes. I know I have been quiet lately and have not been partaking in forum discussions or sent any testimonies. I'm so sorry that I have not made more effort. Thank you so much for the rousing wake-up call. It has stirred this heart back into more positive action. And then... I'll read this. Encloses a small thank you and appreciation of your blessed church. Your website has been invaluable to me. That is from Massachusetts, and if she's listening, we're very grateful. It was not a small donation. It was a very generous one. We're very grateful. And then a testimony. Um from California. I wanted to express gratitude for an article on the carousel entitled, In Principle, 
from Collectania by Mary Baker Eddy, it expresses the loving obedience of a faithful heart to be and do what God wants without question, affirming one place, work, reward in principle, and declaring the truth that nothing can interfere with the operation of that one operative cause. It is, it is a short little writing, but so powerful, and when I read it this week, I knew that it addressed events happening in the lives of both my adult son and daughter. So I prayed with it for each and texted it on to my daughter and her husband. They acknowledged its truth, and then I received calls to talk from my son-in-law and son, which only showed me how God was at work and so-called kinks in their lives were becoming unknotted. I was in awe of the spiritual thread of thinking being expressed by each as I realized that I was witnessing the effect of prayer and witnessing their responsiveness to the truth. This only made me more grateful for what I was learning about Christian science practice at my Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. When thanked today for listening and support, my response was that what was given was a result of prayer which provides the only correct guidance. I am so grateful to God for leading me to the Plainfield Church. I seem to say this a lot when I am giving gratitude, but it comes from my heart and is continually present in my thought. Whenever I need something to work with, there it is, whether it is from the carousel or a weekly lesson or a watch or my Plainfield practitioner or the members of this church sharing their gratitude and testimonies. I am so very grateful for this church and send my love to you all. So thank you all for a wonderful meeting tonight and the beautiful readings and testimonies and music. So grateful to be with you all and have a good night. Thank you. <clears throat> to close our meeting tonight, Linda, will you please announce the last hymn? Hymn number 312, Soldiers of Christ, arise and put your armor on, strong in the strength which God supplies through his eternal Son. Stand then in his great might with all his strength endued, and take to arm you for the fight the panoply of God. Hymn number 312.